Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Friends, hello there. Welcome to another episode in the teaching series. Today, we're going to look at a bizarre passage in Luke chapter 8, because there are a lot of strange passages in the Bible. But as you found is that when you come across something that's a bit odd or strange, there's generally something else going on that kind of unlocks the passage for us. And so that's what I want to dig in and look at today. This is from Luke chapter 8, verse 40. This is how it goes. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. It's like Peter saying, um, the answer is everyone, because everybody's around you right now. And then it says this, Jesus said, verse 46, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. All right, let's just pause here. This is where it gets weird, right? Like Jesus is walking along. Some lady comes up and grabs the edge of his garment. She's automatically healed. And Jesus is like, whoa, who touched me? Peter's like, "Mm, everybody? And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. Power went out for me. I mean, it feels like we're in the middle of Star Wars here, right? The force is just released from him. Like what's going on here? Well, the key to unlocking this passage is this detail about this woman who touched the edge of his cloak. Now, in Greek, she grabs onto what's known as the craspidon, um, and in what's known as the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation from the Hebrew scripture. So when you find like a Greek word in the New Testament, you kind of look for that word in that translation in the Hebrew scriptures, and you can see what Hebrew word is connected to that Greek word in that translation known as the Septuagint or the LXX. And then the New Testament is written in Greek, so you kind of see these connections back and forth. 
And it actually refers back to something in numbers. So in episode four and five, we talked about numbers chapter 15 and specifically about the tassels on the garments. So some of you are like, yes, I remember this. And by the way, this is why we're doing this teaching today is that I've saw some of you posting some things on social media just about how helpful that was. And I thought it'd be really cool to give them another connection for how the tassels that we explored in episode four and five get played out uh, in the scriptures. And this is kind of one of those connections. So let me take you to Numbers 15. Let's review what was there briefly. Numbers 15 verse 38, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. Now, some of you will remember that we explored the word tassels, which is the word tzitzit or singular tzitzit, t-z-zit, that's how you remember it. And we explored what the blue cord was and just how significant that was. Um, what I want to explore here is the word corners, which shows up plural here and singular here. And in Hebrew, the singular word here is the word kanaf, and it can mean corner, edge, hem, or wing. Now, in some cases, this Greek word kraspodon refers to the tassel. Uh, other people say, no, it actually refers to the hem. The idea is this is all connected together. So, on the garment that Jewish males were supposed to wear, you have the, the corner, this is the kanaf, you have the tassel on the corner of the garment. And so this tassel, as you go on in Numbers 15, represents all of the commandments of God. And again, in those episodes, we talked about how this plays out. So if you haven't seen episode four or five or listened to it, check that out. It'll give you more of the background and detail on all of this. But when it tells us that this woman comes up and grabs the edge of Jesus's garment, she's grabbing on to either this corner, which has the tassel, or she's grabbing on to the tassel itself. And you go, but that's such a bizarre thing for her to do. And what's more, she gets healed by this. You go, what gives? What is up with that? What makes the tassel so important? Well, in Jewish writers looking at this, they go, this is like the holiest part of the garment because this represents the commandments of God. And specifically, when it comes to Jesus, as John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He talks about, and the Word became flesh, that Jesus basically embodies the entire commandments that God gives to the people in the Hebrew Scriptures, like He is the living embodiment. And so, in many ways, the tassels kind of represent this absolute purity that is in and of Jesus, of what it represents of who He is. Now, whether you kind of run with that or not, I think there is another textual connection that helps us to understand specifically why the woman grabs 
the tassels or grabs a corner of Jesus's garment, which would have had the tassels on that. And that is a fantastic prophetic passage from Malachi chapter 4. So in at least the, the Protestant canon, the Protestant Old Testament, this is the last book. So this is like part of the last passage as the scriptures end. Um, in the Jewish canon, that's actually Second Chronicles is what's the last book there. But the idea is, is that Malachi is talking about an Elijah who is to come and then the Messiah coming along with. And in the midst of this whole conversation, there is a messianic prophecy in Malachi 4.2 that goes like this. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Now, some translations will say rays, but behind whether it's wings or rays, you have the word, you got it, kanaf. So this prophecy says that the son of righteousness will come with healing in his corners. What passage does this woman know? She knows Malachi 4.2 and she believes Malachi 4.2 so that when we come to this Luke 8 passage and she comes through and she grabs the corner of his garment, she is making a profound statement about who Jesus is and what is available to those who come and seek out Jesus. So that's the context of what is going on here in Luke chapter 8. That's the key that unlocks what's going on. So let's look at this story again. Let's put a couple of details together and then talk about, so how does this impact us as we think about how we approach Jesus. So again, in Luke chapter 8, the story begins actually with another story where you have Jairus' daughter. Jairus is a well-to-do male who is a synagogue leader, very important within the Jewish community, and something very pressing is going on. His little girl is dying. And so Jesus is on his way, this urgent, urgent matter, and he is met by a woman, we're told in verse 33, uh, 43, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So there's this interesting 12 going on. 12 is the number of community, the tribes of Israel. Jesus has 12 disciples. Um, this little girl, the Jerry story, she's 12. This woman has had this for 12 years. Earlier in Luke, Jesus is at the temple at 12. So there's a whole 12 thing like going on in the midst of Luke and what's going in and what he's highlighting. Uh, different teaching, kind of different day. But specifically, She's had this for 12 years. It's like the urgency for Jesus to give her attention uh, just doesn't seem to be there in light of the fact that this little 12-year-old girl is on the verge of death, according to Luke's narrative. And yet, what stops Jesus in his tracks? It's this woman's action. Now, for her to be bleeding for 12 years, she is unclean which means that if anybody comes in contact with her, they become, become unclean as well. And so whatever this internal bleeding she has, this has basically pulled her away from any kind of community life. Now, there's a good chance this woman hasn't had any kind of physical contact, a hug with a family member, with a friend, for 12 years. She has been pushed to the edge of the community, and ultimately she's going to come to the edge 
of Jesus's garment seeking healing, rescue, and restoration for what she's dealing with. So just understand she's clean. She shouldn't be anywhere near a crowd because anybody she touches, she makes unclean. But what we're already told is that people are pressing in all around Jesus. So the fact that she's able to get to Jesus, maybe this woman's been throwing some elbows like we don't know. She's probably made some other people unclean. But it says, verse 44, she came up behind him. She doesn't even want to be seen. All she wants to do is grab that edge, to grab that tassel. And it says that she touched it and immediately her bleeding stopped and Jesus knew it. That power had gone out from a Malachi 4 2 says he will come with healing, with power in his corners. And Jesus is like, something just happened. And he like stops the scene. Everybody's going off for Jesus to try to heal this girl that is dying. And in the midst of this, Jesus pauses. He says, hold on, what's going on? We, we need to stop in this moment. And Jesus goes, who touched me? And Peter's like, everybody's touching you. Why would you ask? That makes no sense. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Like power has gone out from me. And then it says, then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in shalom. Now, I would imagine that for Jarius at this moment, this is not a cool scene. For other people along who are like very vested in Jarius's daughter, this isn't a cool scene. For us, this is an amazingly cool scene because women were not given much attention in the ancient world. And yet Jesus pauses and in the most tenderness of words, he uses a phrase we don't get anywhere else in the Gospels where he just says, daughter, your faith has healed you go in shalom. We get the shalom piece and all that, but when he says, daughter, your faith is healed, very, very tender here. I just love this moment. And in the midst of all of this, she comes forward, she has to share what's going on, and Jesus puts her into the spotlight. This woman who has experienced shame, Jesus gives her a voice. He lets her tell her story. He restores her. He heals her. He sends her off in Shalom, where she's now restored back to community, and she has a story to tell. And all of this happened because this woman was willing to throw a few elbows to get before Jesus. And this is what I think part of the crux of the story is for me, at least as I'm thinking through this story is that I think that there are times that we are not very active in approaching Jesus. That sometimes we feel like maybe the messiness that we are in, the anxieties, the fears, the things that we're going through, that almost we're kind of passive in our connection to Jesus. And yet for this woman, like she goes through the crowd and she actively seeks Jesus. And I would just basically say it in this way. I believe that in our uncleanness, our hesitations, our fears, our messes, we're invited to seize the tassels of Jesus. And I use this word seize in particular because it's very active in a way. It's 
almost like all of these things can hold us back. And yet for this woman, like she is unclean. She's bleeding internally. She has these fears, these hesitations. She's coming up behind Jesus. It's almost like she recognizes like, I am not worthy to be in his presence, at least in her mind. Because even in this culture, like you didn't touch another male. Like it was often odd for married couples to have physical contact in public. And yet this woman grabs a man's cloak and not only that an esteemed man like Jesus it's like everything is against her and she's like I don't care I am going for it and she is healed now friends if we seize the tassels of Jesus, we go after Jesus, we, we may not receive the kind of healing that we're looking for. And sometimes I think we can just read too much into this. But I do believe that there are moments where we do experience healing. But ultimately, what Jesus wants us to experience is shalom. This restoration, this wholeness, that the pieces that are broken inside of us are being put back together. And sometimes they happen physically, and sometimes they happen emotionally, and sometimes they happen spiritually, and sometimes they happen psychologically. And there's all of these different ways in which Jesus can put us back together. And I think what this story is really encouraging us to do is to be active in seizing Jesus, of going after and saying, I need help with this despite my my uncleanness, despite the way that I feel, the messes that I've gotten myself in, my hesitations, my fears, my anxieties, whatever, I am going to go to Jesus because it's in those moments where Jesus receives us. He's not put off by us in these moments. In fact, he welcomes these opportunities to slow everything down and to say, let's talk. You tell your story. I am here for you, and I want you to experience restoration and wholeness so I can continue to send you on your way, having experienced my goodness and now being able to be a conduit through which you can pass this on to other people. So friends, what what do you need to seize with respect to Jesus today? Like, where do you need to seize his tassels? Where do you just need to seize who Jesus is and what he offers and just lay before him, this is what's going on. I need you to impact. I need you to influence. I need you to do something with this Jesus. And it may happen the way that you want it to. It may not. But understand, Jesus gives us the time of day. He speaks tenderly to us. He accepts us, accepts us in whatever state we are in, and he will not leave us the same way we come to him. He will do something, anticipate it, and in gratitude, thank him for all that he will do in your life when we come and seize the tassels of Jesus. So friends, thanks for stopping by. I hope this was helpful to you. And I uh, just pray that you just continue uh, to wrestle with these passages, to wrestle with the implications in our own life. And uh, if you're engaging this anywhere other than at walkingthetext.com, feel free to head over there, leave some comments, let me know what's connecting, maybe what's not connecting, or maybe you've got some other connections because the tassels show up elsewhere in the scriptures. And uh, again, if you just know someone who just needs to hear this, who just needs to be reminded that we're called to seize tassels, that you feel free to share that with them as well. So again, thanks for stopping by and may you walk out the text well in your life. <music>